Well, hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you so much for being here. I greatly appreciate you being a loyal listener, tuning in weekly. We're here every Tuesday for you from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And for being a proactive parent to help your child, you know, you're out there finding the resources that, that you need to help your children get better from their symptoms of autism. And we call it naturally recovering autism because the definition of recovery is to regain health. And when I did that for my son, his symptoms of autism went away. And I know that everybody's uh, journey and recovery process and level of recovery is different, but they can get better and our kids hurt. And we want to make them feel better as well as living the most fulfilling life absolutely possible for them. Today's episode is all about, which we're putting in part three of a mini series we have going on Lyme's disease. If you've been tuning in with us in the past, we've talked about Lyme's disease. And uh, Dr. Jody DeShore is again here with us today as a special guest as we further this series because there's so much to this this one aspect that mimics Lyme's disease. A lot of kids with Lyme's disease uh, and autism or even just with Lyme's disease alone, they are they take tests and most of the tests are very unreliable. So then you can spend years, literally, as you'll hear Dr. Tashore's story of that many, many years, a decade of thinking that, well, my child doesn't have that because the test said they didn't, and then finding out later that they do and not knowing how to treat it. So we want to give you the symptoms you can look for. We were going to further out with uh, uh, how it mimics Lyme, how autism mimics Lyme's disease, because a lot of the symptoms look the same. The co-infections that can go along with this, and we've talked a little in the past about, you know, mold, streptococcal infections, uh, the chronic inflammation, and uh, and then we're also going to share with you natural treatment options because it's important for you to know also that many of the the traditional or conventional say treatments for Lyme are uh, are also unreliable. Antibiotics often don't work for Lyme, and why there's a specific process. You don't want to kill off parasites before you kill off Lyme because Lyme hides inside of parasites. And don't worry, I know that's a lot there. We're going to get you. We're going to give you more information about this. And we're going to go into some more of these details. Um, but I just wanted to share that with you. And all of this starts with proper detoxification. I want to make sure that you're aware that your child systems, uh, usually our kids, again, they're so sensitive, even more so than the average person, right? A child with autism often has very poor detoxification. And when their liver, which is the organ of detoxification, is congested and backed up, it can't flush out those toxins. There's also the lymphatic system, which is how our, our bodies help to drain out uh, through cellular and metabolic waste of toxins. And if the lymphatic system gets backed up and the liver, which both often are in our kids, then, uh, then if we start a detoxification program, those toxins can't get backed up and our kids can get worse. So I'd like to have this episode be sponsored by my nonprofit Jumpstart program that I created specifically. It's open right now, and I want you to be able to get the right steps that you can that you need with the correct few supplements, the right diet. Uh, learn how to know what what supplement or what food is okay for your child and which is not. And I teach you that in the program. It's a very simplified 
first steps jumpstart program to help you get on this path and, and begin this path correctly to help, help your child begin that detoxification. So you can get that link at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash start. And anything that we discuss in this episode as well will be on naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Lyme, L-Y-M-E. And also I have a free Lyme and Mold resource guide for you on that page as well. So I want to be able to always give you something where you can walk away and have something to to take action with because uh, we give a lot of valuable resources and I want you to have uh, places where you can begin. So I'm going to go ahead and give a little um, introduction to Dr. Deshore as well. She's been with us before and hopefully you've heard uh, the episodes that we've done on this mini series so far online and some on the some of the cold infections such as mold. But uh, in case you haven't been with us in the past, Dr. Jody Deshore is an internationally recognized pioneering clinician in the all-natural plant-based treatment of autism, Lyme's disease, mold biotoxin illness, PANS and PANDAS, which is streptococcal infections, nutrigenomics, and autoimmune illness. She works with children and adults in over 27 countries around the world. Dr. Deshore is a board-certified doctor of occupational therapy, neurology, with a postdoctoral specialization in neurosensory. She is board-certified as a holistic health practitioner and board-certified in integrative pediatrics. Her past training abroad includes specialization in pediatric neurology and multiple naturopathic disciplines in Bombay, the UK, and the US. Dr. Deshore is currently pursuing her PhD and board certification in integrative medicine with a special interest in quantum physics. Dr. Jody is the founder and director of BioNexus Health Clinic in Marlboro, New Jersey, which is a center dedicated to plant-based and all-natural treatment methods. Welcome, Dr. Deshore, and thank you again for being with us. We appreciate you being here. Hello, Karen. It's, it's great to be back and to speak with you again. So let's continue on our, um, maybe we should begin with a, a little recap of some of the, the things that we've talked about with the Lyme's disease in the past for uh, perhaps if somebody's tuning in for the first time in this series and they they uh, they maybe um, just kind of need some background. Do you want to go ahead and give some of that foundational uh, uh, information that we've shared in the past just to kind of bring people up to where we're at today? Oh, yes, absolutely, yes. We, we spoke about you know, a, a little bit about Lyme disease last time. We gave a good introduction to the starting protocols or what, what we call the uh, foundation protocols, uh, which is, uh, even before that, I'd like to just um, go over a couple things that in, in my practice, what I've seen is over 95% of um, my patients with uh, autism spectrum disorders also test positive for tick-borne infections like Lyme disease. And like we mentioned last time, Lyme disease doesn't come on its own. Research as well as uh, clinical experience shows us that usually there are uh, a a few to many co-infections like Bartonella, Babesia, Mycoplasma, parasites, viruses, funguses, uh, and, and a couple more. Now, what's interesting also is that in my practice over the last few years, I've been seeing that 70% of these, the patients with autism that get diagnosed with tick-borne infections, uh, 70% also test positive 
for pans, pandas, and SIRS, which is chronic inflammatory response syndrome, as a result of exposure to mold in, in a water-damaged building. So one needs to understand that uh, when someone, like, you know, when, when one of my parents told me that autism, uh, getting a diagnosis of autism is seems to them to be a life sentence, not just for the child, but also for the family. And, and you know, like you and I who have had personal experience with, with that, we, we do understand why some of those uh, the parents feel that way. But it's important, like you said, to look at all of the underlying issues, the comorbid issues, because these could be important in the progression and the prognosis of the child. And there are a lot of people who, um, you know, they, they feel like, oh, I've had my child on what they, they feel is the right diet. And, and those vary. There's so many diets out there. So I like to tell people, you know, I, I give them the, a clear idea of diet. They've been on the right diet, you know, or gluten-free, casein-free and organic and all that. And they've been trying detoxification and they've been, you know, trying different heavy metal mm-hmm. protocols and various things. And, and, you know, I know there's a lot to that, too, and a lot of things out there as I went through in 13 years of research now that don't work. But, you, you, you know, might be trying and trying and working really hard and feeling like, well, I feel like I'm doing a lot of really good things here. How come my child is either plateauing? or just not getting better at all. And that's where we circle back to these co-infections. The Lyme, the mold, which creates a chronic inflammatory response, especially you know inflaming the brain so it can't function properly. And then the pans and pandas, which is streptococcal infection, where it's the immune system in the, in the streptococcal infection that we're talking about with pans, it, PAN stands for a pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder. So it's it's how it's affecting the the neurology when we when we say that that acronym, and strep is then it's something that is it's the immune system is attacking attacking the brain. That's correct. Yes, with the streptococcal yes, that is infection. Right. So it's all of these aspects that that go along with uh with you know having autism it's not just that you've got to heal up the gut it's not just that you have got to you know get the heavy metal toxins out and properly and safely um but you've you've also got to deal with these co-infections no matter what they they need to be worked with and um we find again dr shore is finding in her practice as well that um that that just about almost every every child with autism has these co-infections. So it's really important to know that if you truly want the best, what would I call the optimum results for your child, that these these issues must be addressed. And that's what we want to talk about more about today too. Is more that you can know about is uh, how to if, if the tests run reliable. Um, you know, I don't know how to detect them, uh, what the symptoms are, how to move forward. Um, so we're going to take a short break right now. When we come back, we're going to get into to that for you to give you some some things that that will better assist you in uh, being able to get your child the the optimum results and how to do it naturally and how to do it safely. This is Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from the Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. So please stay with us. 
Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we're coming to you live from the Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Thank you so much for being here today. We are furthering our series on the mini-series on Lyme's disease and the co-infections that go along with autism. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about the foundational protocol that we did discuss uh, in the last portion of the series here on this show. Uh, But we wanted to give you some background on, okay, there's the foundational protocol, but then it's important to know how it affects your child, some symptoms to look for. And then um, we will move into some herbal treatment and natural protocols that um, that are, are something that you can look into for your child as well. So, Dr. Deshore, would you mind giving uh, kind of, again, a, a little bit of recap on that, that foundational aspects about Lyme? And then some of the symptoms, really, that, that people should look for, because not everybody knows, well, how does Lyme really affect a person? Oh, yes, of course, yeah. We, we, we discussed quite a bit about... Uh, lab testing and foundation protocol and a little bit of detoxification and the neuropsychiatric symptoms uh, along with the musculoskeletal or bones and joint symptoms that that can come from Lyme disease and co-infections. And people can certainly go back and refer to to our previous talks on this. But uh, just to speak about Lyme disease, uh, there are many neuropsychiatric manifestations. There is uh, socialization issues, there could be language delays, there could be um, really bad anger issues, aggressiveness, uh, self-injurious behaviors. There could be uh, focusing decision-making issues as well, you know, it, especially with the high-functioning children. Uh, there could be headaches, body aches, which, the, uh, of course, the nonverbal children are not able to communicate. There are often gut issues that the normal uh, gut biomedical, normal meaning the usual gut biomedical uh, protocols are not able to resolve. Um, many parents resort to conventional uh, treatments as well, uh, and that doesn't really help either. And I will get a little bit more into that as we go along. But today, what, what I was thinking we should focus on is uh, Lyme disease and its uh, uh, neurological treatment, you know, for Lyme disease that is predominantly neurologically based for children, and also uh, what happens when Lyme and co-infections uh, are predominantly affecting the gut, because Lyme disease likes connective tissue, and there is uh, uh, plenty of that. Lyme disease also goes after the myelin sheath. It goes after the, your, your nerves, your cranial nerves, your spinal nerves. So there are lots of symptoms of neuropathy, uh, often children will will hand flap, uh, and I found that in fact there was a research study that uh, Dr. Bransfield, um, mm-hmm. who is a pioneer in neuropsychiatric treatment of Lyme disease, uh, and also a founding member of ILAD, which is the International Lyme Society. Uh, it's International Lyme and Associated Diseases Society, to be precise, uh, and he actually did a research with a school teacher in, I forget which state, but they found that nearly 80% of uh, children in that study group were hand flapping because of tingling and numbness in the hand. It it really wasn't your typical autistic behavioral symptom at all, and uh, including uh, the the teacher's own son. So that was uh, an astounding finding 
which was reported, I believe, at, at the 2012 ILAD conference in Boston. And uh, I, I spoke at that conference as well, and that is how um, you know, I, I have this uh, firsthand information about this research. But uh, Lyme and co-infections can profoundly affect the brain and the gut of a child, and there are many other symptoms. Um, Lyme disease is a multi-system illness. It can affect many other systems in the body, including your bones, your joints, your heart. Um, but today, let's focus on the brain and the gut, shall we? Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And the brain and gut, obviously, most parents listening are thinking, yes, please, because those are two huge areas for children with autism. So, um so we've started talking about the gut. Do you want to go ahead and continue with gut, and then we'll kind of move into the brain? Yes. Uh, let's talk about the gut. Now, with the gut, I, I would like to, you know, the, the way I'm going to give you information first and perhaps in the what I've seen in my practice and perhaps in the next segment we can go into the specifics of um, what needs to be considered for gut treatment. Now, what I've observed is many, many children with autism uh, have – uh, what has been come to known uh, as uh, the autistic colitis, you know, a, a lot of gut issues, constipation, diarrhea, often alternating, gut pain, uh, food sensitivities, um, etc. You know, they, they are extremely picky eaters, acid reflux, you name it. Now, what I have observed is uh, when, when I was mentoring with Dr. Charles Ray Jones, who is the world's number one pediatric Lyme specialist, uh, almost... 100, not almost, 100% of patients that went in for endoscopies, that went in for an endoscopy, he would also send a little bit of a, um, a, a tissue sample from that endoscopy to a special lab which would look for uh, Lyme disease and co-infections, and 100% of the time, those would come back positive for borreliosis or uh, Lyme disease. So there is definitely a lot of research evidence that shows that Lyme disease uh, exists in the gut. It likes the connective tissue in the gut, and it, it does cause inflammation and damage uh, there as well. Uh, so what I've noticed is uh, these children get labeled with the typical autistic colitis because that is the research and information that's out there. It's brilliant research, but often complete treatment for, for autistic colitis just doesn't work. In fact, these children get worse. The, the inflammation doesn't quiet down. I mean, I've, I've seen children that are doing conventional medication, Karen. You know, they're doing things like uh, um, allopathic anti-inflammatories like Pentassa, and they are doing heavier medications like Humira, which has been prescribed. They're doing endoscopies, colonoscopies. There's anesthesia associated with it. And they're still not getting better. In fact, many are getting worse. And uh, when, when I looked into this further, including my own son, of course, and we, we found that the weight loss, the inflammation in the gut, the uh, um, lymphoid nodules in the colon, uh, upon doing colonoscopy, those are all Lyme and mold biotoxin illness related issues which will not quiet down if they are assumed to be your typical autistic colitis. So uh, that has been a very hard lesson learned by uh, many, many parents uh, and now your listeners will know to look for those things before they proceed with aggressive treatments for 
any kind of a gut issue. Right, and especially if those aren't working, um, then why spend your time and your money and put your child through that? We need to take a quick break. This is Naturally Recovering Autism, and we, please stay with us. We will. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. Thank you for being with us today. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and uh, we're here to give you some natural resources. And today's mini-series that we are continuing is on Lyme's disease and the co-infections that go along with autism. And these are very important to know about because there's often a lot of treatments that you can be doing where you're spending a lot of time and your your precious resources and your child's just not getting better. And we might be putting through our children through some types of treatments that not only they're not working, but they might be harsh on their system so they actually can get worse. So we're going to continue up before the break. We, we, we were talking a little bit about the gut and how children with autism can be labeled with colitis. They can actually get worse. Um, weight loss, lymph nodules. And lymph nodules, uh, uh, for those who are kind of new to that, lymphatic, the lymphatic system is another one of the body's ways to flush out the toxins from the system. And in our kids, that drainage is very, very poor. So we need to have ways to assist. I mentioned in the beginning of the program, I do have uh, I do have uh, available right now a jumpstart program to start you on this process to get you going on the right foot to give you that support you need because I know there's a lot of information out there and you need to know you know not only the what and the why but how. So if you're interested, you can go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash start and learn all about that and all of the links that I uh, I that we'll talk about on this program I will put also at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Lyme L-Y-M-E so Dr. Deshore let's continue with uh, information about the gut we were talking about some of the issues that can happen with the gut uh, and um, and also how these treatments aren't aren't a lot of them aren't working properly and, and how our kids can get worse so let's talk about what more the gut how it affects our kids and what we can do about it yes of course um, I have mentored extensively with uh, excellent physicians uh, as I was trying to heal my own child. And just like you, uh, 14, 15 years of research put into this to make sure that everything is completely natural. And one of the, two of the, the greats have been Stephen Buhner and uh, his partner, uh, clinical herbalist Julie McIntyre. And it is absolutely important what, what I've learned is to look at uh, the, the few things at the beginning, you know, to have goals when, when treating Lyme disease, and the goals should be um, not just killing the bacteria. You know, I, I like to always say this, that you can't really kill your way to health. And, uh, you know, health and wellness is not simply just the absence of disease. You, you have to look at the damage, the actual damage that is caused by the disease. You, you were mentioning you know, these uh, lymphoid nodules that, that are being seen in, um, uh, in the colon, the colitis that is being seen, the, the brain inflammation that is seen on, uh, on spec scans, the reduced blood flow. So where is all of this coming from? This, all of these changes that are observed in the gut and the brain are not just going to go away just because you kill the bacteria. There needs to be a repair factor. Sure, they'll slow down. Sure, there, there won't be any additional damage, but the damage that has been done, it's not just going to automatically reverse itself. Uh, it will perhaps over time, but I, I really don't advocate that people wait for that. You know, they, they, these are children, and they will really heal 
well just because they are children they have brand new bodies um, if we if we are able to provide the the correct support and uh, you and I both do it completely naturally so that is that, that is a huge advantage because the body has its own innate healing powers that can be tapped into so one one of the uh, the first things to do is to start by inhibiting inflammation or you know the cytokine cascade that is caused in the body as any toxin or bacteria especially bacteria because they can be really harmful to the cellular functions so you inhibit the cytokine cascade second would be you need to understand that you need to support the immune function i don't necessarily say you start enhancing the immune function because we don't want to enhance the immune system that is dysregulated and often upregulated and we'll get more into that as as we go on to the biotoxin illness uh, segment or you know uh, i think it might be another show then we need to also focus on relieving specific symptoms to help the child if there's headaches gut aches etc uh then we need to provide uh, herbal antibiotics as needed and it's very very important to have human contact and support uh support the child you know lots of hug lots of unconditional love and understanding of uh, what what the child is uh, is going through um whether you're treating the gut or you're treating the brain a few points before we we get completely into the antimicrobial or uh, or the herbal antibiotic uh, program would be to understand what we spoke about last time is having a good foundation protocol looking at the detoxification pathways the sulfuration the methylation the metals just like you you mentioned and just like you you cover in your program as well um what i additionally like to look at is a neuroendocrine support you know because the endocrine system is uh in every cell of your body that is how cells communicate with each other through hormones including brain cells so having neuroendocrine support on board becomes very important and of course we'll go more into into details but this is just just a general outline and then one needs to make sure that we have adequate digestive support on board so that the nutrients are getting absorbed as minerals there is micro minerals there is macro minerals like magnesium uh there is vitamins that are needed to activate b1 uh b2 b6 b6 is very important for brain uh for brain inflammation it is also important for hormonal regulation and many other processes that go on in the body uh we are looking at a digestive enzymes we are looking at uh not so much at multivitamins right now but minerals uh then next step would be to make sure that we have filtration and drainage support you just mentioned uh lymphatic drainage we have uh, many natural detoxification organs in the body like your you have liver kidney lymph your lungs your skin these are all detoxification processes and and these organs are specialized to detox toxins out of the body uh because of some genetic mutations which may have become active uh, these detoxification processes are either slowed down or there is uh, partial blockages in those so a good practitioner will look at all of this and consider this as part of the treatment uh then we come to the big one which would be starting to eliminate the cause 
which could be Lyme and mold and co-infections. So after we have established a good support system for the body, then we start to um, kill the bacteria and the viruses and the yeast that is uh, causing such a disruption in the body's normal flow system, in the body's normal immune system. Okay. Yeah, that's fabulous. There's a lot of information there. Uh, We need to take a short break. This is Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we are continuing our mini-series on Lyme and the co-infections that go with uh, autism. Please stay with us. We will. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And today we're continuing our mini-series on Lyme's disease and the co-infections that go with autism. Before the break, we um, we talked a lot about, Dr. DeShore was giving a lot of great information on, um, you know, all of these foundational aspects that you need to know about. There's the, the supporting the detoxification system so the toxins are properly flowing out of the body as we begin detoxification. I mentioned the Jumpstart program, and uh, I also do have a full program because when you look at adequate digestive support, all, support all of the, the minerals, the vitamins, the right ones, uh, then also being able to uh, to support all of the systems of the body and the co-infections. Uh, I do have a full program. It's a nonprofit. It's called the Autism Moms Mentoring Program as well. So if you're interested in the full program, um, and you're ready to move on to that versus the Jumpstart program, which is the beginning steps for detoxification. Um, you can find the links for everything at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Lyme, L-Y-M-E. I've added those links there for you. So you can learn more about those programs. If you're interested, uh, I'd like to invite you to join them and get the resources that you need. Um, it's based on over 13 years of my own research, what I've done to recover my own son, the knowledge and experience that I have with this. And um, it's now in over 35 countries around the world and helping families everywhere. So uh, please, please look into that. I want you to have the right resources that you need to truly get your child better uh, and the optimum results that they can get. So we were talking about these foundational protocols and all of the aspects to to help all the systems of the body. But uh, now maybe it's a good time to get into starting to eliminate the causes. So Dr. DeShore, do you want it, unless you have anything more to add on the foundational aspects, how do we eliminate the causes? Yes. Uh, Let's proceed to the um, elimination of Lyme disease and how we do that herbally. Um, I like to use Stephen Buhner's protocol along with homotoxicology, homeopathy, Ayurvedic herbs as needed for the first three steps. Remember, we spoke about the neuroendocrine support, the digestive support, and filtration and drainage support. We need to, you know, uh, filtration and drainage, it's very interesting because there are many pediatricians out there who are quite knowledgeable, and they do run routine labs to look at Uh, the basic metabolic panel, the liver enzymes to see if there's any anemia going on, um, you know, and 
we often see elevated liver enzymes in children. We often see anemia. You know, we see uh, high or low white blood cells. We see uh, low hemoglobin. So all, all sorts of issues going on. So that is where uh, a knowledgeable pediatrician, along with a consultant like yourself or myself, comes into play. And this you know, kind of ties in uh, all the loose ends together for the benefit of the child. But I, I just wanted to mention that. So uh, it becomes very important to have filtration and drainage support because once you start killing the bacteria, there is going to be die-off and the body needs to be ready to handle the die-off uh, in order to avoid what is known as Jarish-Herxheimer reactions, which is simply the, the die-off reaction, which means that you are uh, killing off more bacteria then the body can detoxify through urine, through stool, etc. So then you start feeling the symptoms uh, from the toxins of these bacteria, right? That makes sense because if your body is not handling the die-off, then, then there is a backflow or an accumulation of toxins. And uh, what do toxins do? Well, for example, we are treating Lyme, so they are Lyme toxins, and they will start giving you symptoms of Lyme. So symptoms... Uh, start getting worse, some kids develop new symptoms, and that is really not uh, a very pleasant experience, even for adults, especially for children. So you may see uh, things may get worse before they get better if you happen to uh, be aggressive with the treatment. And I don't really recommend that. I, I, I prefer to avoid Herxheimer reactions. I prefer to start with uh, really mini doses and slowly build up because everybody likes to stay functional. You know, you, you do want your child to go to therapies, to go to school, to, to have the socialization, to have the activities, uh, and not be debilitated with, uh, with, with the die-off reaction. So having said that, let's move on to the specific herbs. Now, remember I said uh, we need to look at inhibiting the cytokine cascade or inflammation, uh, support the immune system as well, and look at uh, relieving specific symptoms. Um, the, the best herbs for Lyme to start with would be cat's claw, sometimes called as cemento, and Japanese knotweed. Uh, so these are the two main herbs which can be used. You know, you, you, let's, let's take one step back actually, right? So we, I think we spoke about what to do when you get a tick bite in the last, um, in the last show, yes, but, we did. Uh, just we did, right? Yes. So they can. So just just please listen to that segment and how to use uh, the andrographis tincture and the clay if you get a fresh tick bite and how to remove a tick. But anyways, so we have Japanese knotweed and cat's claw and uh, herbally. What I like to do is uh, depending obviously on the age, the height, and the weight and the amount of symptoms, how old was the tick bite, if it is recent, how many tick bites. According to that, uh, I usually prescribe a dosage. So uh, there is nothing that is generic. I mean, I, I, uh, if, if I was to give a generic dosage, I would say about um, half a teaspoon, not even half, um, just a generic dosage until you can see a practitioner. It would be a quarter teaspoon uh, of Japanese uh, knotweed and cat's claw uh, about three times a day. It is more important that you keep up with the frequency 
versus you know trying to do the entire quarter teaspoon if if you want it is i usually recommend that you start with one drop each and you add one drop every 3 to 4 days uh, watch for symptoms you know so 3 to 4 days is good enough uh, for a parent to see if things are getting worse meaning if there is a die off reaction going on so if there is a die off reaction then you would usually up the detoxification up the minerals up up the magnesium uh, sometimes uh, nutrients like molybdenum uh, are needed to add in um, some sometimes parents will use other detoxification techniques you know actually Karen we could do a, a whole show just on detox uh, itself but 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 there are several methods like magnesium foot baths there are the uh, uh, there's the ionic foot baths that uh, that are out there and which have shown you know a, a lot of promise some with good results there are the foot detoxification pads there are the saunas the salt rooms there are many detoxification methods that can be used before you start upping the dosage again yeah so absolutely one needs to proceed slowly sorry go ahead yeah, we, uh, I'm sorry, we do have to take a short break, but uh, we will be right back and we will continue with this. This is great because uh, you know, you're giving some, some uh, really some takeaway information that parents can have to, to understand, um, you know, trying uh, these very small, I, I do teach muscle testing in my program too, which is I think very important as well. So you, you kind of know how much to give your child, but starting with, as Dr. DeShore said, the less is better, a couple of drops or two and then wait a couple days and watch for those types of symptoms to give you uh, your feedback on on how it's working for your child stay with us we hi there and welcome back to naturally recovering autism I'm your host Karen Thomas and we are coming to you live from bold brave media and tune in radio and we are talking today we are continuing our mini series on Lyme's disease and the co-infections that go along with them that mimic autism or can keep our children with autism from improving and getting better and so before the break, Dr. Shore was giving uh, a lot of uh, great uh, beginning dosage, sort of a, a trial drop every couple of days of certain things to help uh, help you see what kinds of uh, symptoms you notice with your children to give you some, some information of whether or not Lyme may be present, if they're having die-off symptoms, et cetera. I just want to make sure that everybody listening does know that Dr. Deshore and I have been collaborating and her herbal protocols are available if you're an active member of my Autism Moms Mentoring Program. It is a nonprofit, uh, but uh, I do want to make sure that you know that that is available. And because we know that you need the guidance of having the detoxification foundation in place before you begin it, and then uh, having the support again as well while you're on the protocols, if you are interested in being part of my program, I do invite you to join. Uh, you can find the link at uh, right on the homepage of naturallyrecoveringautism.com. Just click on Get Your Invite, or I've also put, put the link on the page for this episode of the show, which is naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Lyme, uh, because that is my, there's the Jumpstart program, which is the first initial steps for people who just want to see about getting started. But if you want more on all of these herbal protocols and, uh, and the guidance along with them, 
then I invite you to join the Autism Moms Mentor Program. And again, that link is there for you. Uh, so, so we were talking about dosing of herbs before we uh, stop for the break. So, Dr. Deshore, would you um, give a little bit more information on on uh, dosing? And then we do want to talk just a little bit about the brain um, with some time we have left as well. Yes, of course. Um, let me just uh, go back for a second to detoxification. Uh, a couple other options I forgot to mention would be uh, castor oil packs, chlorella, milk thistle, uh, different kinds of zeolites and different kinds of clays. Uh, one, one needs to look for really uh, pure sources, but those are um, other uh, detox options I wanted to mention. Uh, as far as dosage goes for herbals, um, I'd like to start slow with one drop, and I said it would be great to aim for, the goal should be a quarter teaspoon three times a day. It's important to uh, go for frequency. So in other words, two drops each herb three times a day is better than 10 drops once a day. So that, that is, it's important that the herbs are available in the bloodstream throughout the day, um, and, and the herbs empower the immune system. They, they are uh, antimicrobial or antibiotic herbs, so they start killing the infections, and it's important to keep them circulating throughout the day. So once again, frequency is what one needs to pay attention to. Uh, typically speaking, anywhere from one, uh, one to five drops. So five drops would be considered as a pretty mild homeopathic dosage of an herb. Um, around 10 drops, between 5 and 10 drops is considered to be a, a tonification dosage. You know, uh, it, it just helps, uh, helps to tone up the body um, against the bacteria. And a good therapeutic dosage is considered to be, it starts at around 15 drops. Of course, if you, if you have a really small child, uh, it could be less, so that is why it, it is kind of important to keep things in perspective. Um, it is important to dose an herb based on the symptoms, the height, the weight, the age of the child, um, because uh, herbal antibiotics can be uh, pretty powerful. You know, they, they do the job. So we, we were speaking about uh, treating basic borreliosis or Lyme disease. So we spoke about Japanese knotweed and cat's claw. Now, um, some supporting herbs that are used if there is neurological Lyme. Uh, so neurological Lyme, there are uh, uh, quite a few herbs that can be added in. There is Chinese uh, Seneca root. Uh, there is uh, skullcap, Chinese skullcap, kudzu root, greater celandine, lion's mane, cordyceps. These are some of the herbs that can be added in if there is predominantly neurological symptoms. And, uh, you know, uh, Lyme disease has been, uh, has been isolated, not Lyme disease, the Lyme disease bacteria, the spirochete, has been isolated from many, many tissues in the body, many bodily fluids, including the cerebrospinal fluid, which is the pioneering work of Dr. Alan McDonald um, of the ILADS Foundation, absolutely brilliant, amazing, pioneering scientist um, for neuroborreliosis or neurological Lyme disease. Uh, you know, uh, one example would be if, if uh, there, there are different parts of the brain that are inflamed. So the, the herbal treatment can be customized 
uh, for neurological Lyme, depending on what part of the brain is experiencing the infection and inflammation, like uh, for example, if amygdala is inflamed, the patient may start suffering uh, you know, a bipolar sort of issues, personality changes. Uh, if the hippocampus is inflamed, the person may lose the meaning of things. There could be issues with short-term memory, not understanding instructions. Um, so that is how an herbalist or a, a, a naturopathic practitioner, a holistic practitioner, can customize the uh, herbal treatment of Lyme disease. That's possible. Okay. That's great to know. Um, and I, uh, I, I believe uh, we need to cut for a short break here, but is the, the NeuroQuant, I know, is a reasonably priced one. There's also SPECT brain imaging. Do you, for being mm-hmm. able for a parent to determine that, uh, that resource uh, or, or uh, those aspects of the brain as well, um, why don't we take a qu- quick break? Uh, we'll be right back. This is Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. We will be right back. Hi, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and we're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media. And we're talking today in our mini-series that we have going on on Lyme's disease and the co-infections that go along with autism. As I mentioned earlier in the show, all of the links uh, to things mentioned in this show will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Lyme. That's L-Y-M-E. And uh, right before the break, we started talking about ways that you might be able to look into, uh, you know, customizing brain treatment. But symptoms are really the better the better guide. And so, Dr. Deshore, do you have mm-hmm. something that, you know, you might want to, to, to share with our listeners about, you know, how they make those choices? Yes, of course, yes. Uh, There are several important choices to consider. Two things very quickly would be brain MRI neuroquant or brain MRI SPECT scan for those of you who have children who are mild-mannered and cooperative and are able to sit in that MRI chamber. I mean, even if it's an open MRI, it's quite difficult to sit for an MRI. So so those two options can certainly give you more information. Now, uh, there are many, 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 many parents uh, choosing to go the stem cell therapy route all over the world. It is uh, extremely expensive for most families and uh, to maximize the benefit. I mean, for, for many families, it can be amazing way to go and it can give amazing results, but to maximize the efficacy and to minimize repeat treatments, uh, it is important to listen to all of the segments, all of the shows that Karen and I have done on co-infections and mold and biotoxin illness, because uh, the changes that are seen in the brain, you know, uh, slow metabolism in certain areas of the brain, low oxygenation, um, inflammation, um, brain atrophy, etc., white matter lesions, these can all be explained and these can be reversed. I've seen that in my own son with the MRIs. Um, these can be reversed with using natural protocols, using sometimes Dr. Shoemaker's protocol, and then one can start considering um, uh, treatments like stem cell therapy, etc. I do speak about that at my Autism One lectures as well, you know, explaining in depth the pros and cons and what is the right time. So the key is doing the right intervention at the right time will give you uh, maximum benefit and maximize the utilization of your resources. 
Okay, great. And I will link uh, on the on the page at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Lyme, L-Y-M-E. I will uh, go in and add the links to the past shows that Dr. Deshore and I have done here. We are out of time today, unfortunately. Uh, this, this, this time goes so quickly. I love being here with you. I appreciate you being here and uh, hope you've learned something valuable today. And uh, have a great week. This is Karen Thomas at Naturally Recovering Autism. And uh, we will see you next week. Same time.